Hello, everyone. This is John Burgos, and welcome to today's edition of Beyond the Ordinary Show. And wow, what a week. And it's only Tuesday. Amazing. I mean, what is going on in these energies? What is showing up? And better yet, what's it calling us to? Right? And that's, I think, really the question that we should be sitting in more as opposed to getting caught up in how maybe it's throwing us off from what we're accustomed to or what we've grown safe in. And I wonder how all that translates into what is promising to show up as really part of our liberation, as really part of the truth of what we're stepping into. Um, and I'm super curious about, about what Paul Selig and his beautiful spiritual channeling has to say about all that and so much more. And the truth is, guys, we don't even know what this conversation is going today. It's, it's an open field right now. So your contribution to what we're doing this evening is going to be um, really powerful. So hold an intention for what you're wishing or wanting to receive from this call as well and hold that in your heart. And let's see if we can tap into that both individually and collectively. As Paul's going to take live Q&A also. So if any of you all have a question that you want to ask Paul directly, it's your opportunity. You can either do that by writing into the webcast page or you can um, call in on the phone line. And once you've dialed in, you press star two and raise your hand so I can know that you want to ask your personal question live. And so with that, let me give you um, an introduction to Paul in case you're not familiar with him. And other than he is, an amazing channel that I'm just thrilled that he's back on our show again. He's been a huge hit, um, and rightfully so. The the comments that we get back, the reviews um, are, are just they're stellar, and and with good reason. Paul is amazing, and the purity of what he channels through really hits home. So, um, with that, in case you guys aren't familiar with Paul, let me tell you a little bit about him. So, Paul Selig is considered to be one of the foremost spiritual channels working today. In his breakthrough works channeled, of channel literature, I Am the Word, the Book of Love and Creation, the Book of Knowing and Worth, and the Book of Mastery, author and medium Paul Selig has recorded an extraordinary program for personal and planetary evolution as humankind awakens to its own divine nature. Paul was born in New York City and received his master's degree from Yale. A spiritual experience in 1987 left him clairvoyance, and as a way to gain a context for what he was beginning to experience, he studied a form of energy healing and began to hear for his clients. Described as a medium for the living, Paul has the unique ability to step into and become the people his clients ask about, often taking on their personalities and physical characteristics as he hears them telepathically. His unique abilities have been documented in the biography channel series, The Unexplained, the documentary film, Paul and the Word, Fox News, and the forthcoming documentary film, Widowsville. He has appeared on numerous radio shows and podcasts, including Coast to Coast AM with George Nuri, Bob Olson's Afterlife TV, and of course, on Beyond the Ordinary Show. Now, Paul offers channeled workshops internationally, as well as live stream seminars, he serves on the faculty of the Omega Institute, the Kripalu Center, and the Essel Institute, 
and also noted playwright and educator, Paul is the former director of the MFA in Creative Writing Program at Goodard College and served on the faculty at NYU for over 25 years. He lives in New York City where he maintains a private practice as an intuitive. And with that, Paul, welcome back to the show. It's so wonderful to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Paul, it's this, we've been topsy-turvy for a while now, and then it's it's interesting. Outside of what we hear through the media and on through social media, through what people are sharing and just the collective energy that's going on, there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel of all this. There's there's truth that we tap into a lot of times by going through the chaos as there's a reorganization that's happening in the field. Mm-hmm. What's your concept about that and um and your guides? awareness of of what's happening currently with the energies that many of us are um are tumbling through um mm-hmm. and and how do we best navigate this well you know i can i can speak for myself i'm not doing a very good job of it i've been tumbling along with everybody <laughs> else for the last week and everything that i know and have been told and know how to apply to support me through change because I've been given a lot of tools. I've been more than happy to put aside and sort of engage in the chaos because I'm I'm fascinated by it and horrified by it and I'm also very, very aware that it's what my guides have been speaking about since they first started dictating books through me in 2009. And in 2009, they said a few things. They said, you know, humanity is at a time of reckoning. And they say a reckoning is a facing of oneself and all of one's creations. And everything that's been created in fear needs to be recreated in a higher way. Now, I get that we don't do that until we see the stuff that we've been sublimating or hiding or repressing or or concealing from ourselves and, and everybody else. And that's a vastly for me at least, unpleasant experience because who wants to have to look? About three days before the election, I was doing a channeling in Richmond, Virginia, and the guides gave a lecture there. They called it Great Change or it was titled Great Change. And it was really, I think, foretelling what's been going on and what we're dealing with now. And it's up online, actually. It's one we we actually taped, and it was out there very quickly. But what they said was that, you know, we're used to our reasoning and our reasoning supporting us in making our choices. And they're, they're saying that but the choices that you're all used to is, you know, I prefer milk over cream in my coffee. And they said, this is what's happening now is what happens when the whole table tips over. And that's no longer part of the equation. So we're dealing with, I get, radical change. But they talk about this in in, in a hopeful way. And they speak about truth, and they speak about the energy of truth as something that is here and is active and is actually reclaiming us. And they say again and again and again, in truth, a lie will not be held. 
So in the vibration of truth, in the higher mind, deceit and fear and all of these things that we've claimed and attached to and I think are being constantly encouraged to attach to don't exist in the higher mind. So what we do is we claim truth where the deceit is, where the lie is. Now, they talk about the changes, and they've talked about this, and this is their language and their metaphor, and they speak in terms of metaphorical floods and earthquakes and and change. And what they're saying is, and what they've said, and this is again harking back to that lecture, they said, you know, the purpose of an earthquake is to reveal what's been hidden in the earth. And the purpose of a flood is to take away what is no longer serving. So, you know, there are actually benefits, I understand, to be had through this period. But given that, I don't know, you know, much more. And I'm quoting a lecture that was delivered a few weeks ago. Um, what they said most recently that I recall, because I don't always listen to the channelings after they're delivered and I'm retaining maybe a third of the information and most as it's coming through, was a real recommendation to not be in reaction, to not be in fear and in reaction, but to begin to align to truth and to real truth to be able to motive us to motivate us forward and how we respond and how we act is in alignment to truth and not just in response to fear because the guides have said and they've said this from the beginning they say that the action of fear is to claim more fear and they say look at any action you've taken in your life because you were afraid and more than likely it got you more of the same. And they've also said, in terms of activism, how anybody responds to anything is going to be in alignment with the level of consciousness that they hold. So one person may be called in one way to serve or to act, and another in a very, very different way. And this is highly dependent on where we stand, and I feel also how we can each serve. And the guides say, and this is, again, a consistent message. They say how any of us serves is how we're most fully realized as our true selves. And the true self, they say, is the infinite self or the divine self. Sometimes they use the term Christed self. When they say that, they say that the Christ is the aspect of the divine that can be realized as us in material form. Their definitions are, are pretty concise. But they say this is the truth of who everybody is. Like them or not, agree with them or not, you can't deny that. And I feel that the temptation right now that I experience in wanting to deny that, you know, is, is not helpful in the least. I mean, the guides say again and again, what you damn damns you right back. And they say you cannot be the light and hold another in darkness. You can't do it because the moment you damn somebody else, you've called yourself right there with them into the very shadow that you're claiming for them. And so I think the challenge for me is to claim truth and to hold truth in the face of what I perceive, which isn't always what I would agree with or what I would want to see. So these are my words, and I think, you know, I'm sort of doing my best at explaining the teachings that have come through recently as I understand them. 
But it's quite possible the guides have something very, very different to say, you know, and that may come through. I was wondering about this interview and and this upcoming workshop that I have in Portland, thinking, boy, what are the guys going to talk about? Because they've been addressing, you know, as they always have, they've been addressing our responses to what goes on in the world without being specific as to the events. And I think that there's a reason for this. They often say, you know, when something is true, it is always true. And their instruction to date for the most part, really hasn't been dated. I think that there's one mention in the books of um, a political event, and I Am the Word, which was the first book. Back in 2009, they, they spoke about 9-11 as a wake-up call for this country to move into a model of you know transforming our role and how we see ourselves. And they said this was an opportunity for the country to see itself um, in in transition, you know, in, in as a model for transformation, and that they said our entrenchment in a belief um, in an identity that requires us to conquer others would 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 not bear well for us if that's what we chose. So they've always been very big on our choice, you know, and our individual choice, yes but the collective choice as well. And one of the things that I do understand that is happening now, and the guides were talking about this in the newest book, it's called The Book of Truth, that'll be out this summer, but it was channeled you know, for over about three months last year. Um, what they've said is, you know, if something is not in truth, it will not hold. You know, and that includes collective agreements to systems of governance and religion and everything else so that there's a remaking of much and I believe that this is again a positive thing but they say that we're sort of pretty unaware of our what's the word our either investment or participation in the creation and ongoing nature of all these structures by nature of the fact that we don't question them and we haven't had to question them because it's been rather inconvenient to have to look at our world and see what is not in truth. I mean, if you just think about it, if you walk down any street, I live in New York City, but if you look at any street in New York City, you're bombarded with advertising telling you who you should be and what you should buy and who you should look like you know, or what you should admire or aspire to. And these are mostly a bunch of ideas that have been sort of appropriated by us over time, so much so that we just agree to them without thinking. And I think that the awakening that we're undergoing has to include our participation to much of this stuff because it's just not serving us anymore. I mean, we live in a world where people, where one life is actually valued as more important than the next or more worthy than the next, and it's ridiculous. But we've been playing along with this, I mean, perhaps passively, for a very, very long time. And I hear again and again and again from the guides you know, that we are a brother's keeper. I mean, we're here for this. It's all an opportunity to wake up and know who we are, but we can't know who we are in a higher way without knowing who others are as well. So you can't claim your own divinity and convenience and deny it in anybody else. 
And that's the challenge that I'm facing right now, but I believe that it's a very true teaching. So that's it in a nutshell, and the guides may come through if you ask them with something vastly different because I don't know what they'll what they're what they're on to right now. I haven't channeled them publicly for about a week. So, you know, they tend to come through with what they want us to know, and they also tend to come through with great love and great awareness. So that's what I can say. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing your personal experience with that because it's and again, the awareness of your teachings as well, because um, I've been feeling that also. And it's, you know, Paul, it's funny because a lot of us in this community have been asking for things to change. We've been mm-hmm. asking for the realization of heaven on earth. Yeah. Um, and, and and we do it. And I'll, I apologize. This, I, I'll say this personally. I've been asking with a lot of ignorance, realizing but ignoring the fact that old structures have to fall away on a personal level and on a collective level as well. Mm-hmm. And and the energies, as we open up those heaven gates or that portal, the energies of fear, of judgment, of doubt, can't sustain through that threshold. They just can't go through. And so it's either you can't have your foot in one and another foot in the other. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. So there has to be a reorganization that takes place in what we've been asking for, hallelujah, by the way, is mm-hmm. coming to fruition. We have the opportunity to go there. So what a gift. And many of us who are who have been on this path of illuminating where the darkness is to bring in truth, if you will, um, I think our jobs is really to take on that leadership role and hold that vibration steady as opposed to what you and the guys are saying, going back and forth with judgments as condemning the dark as dark as opposed to saying, hey, look, here's what's possible and not judging either way but really holding the space. Um, and how do you do that? How do you do that with all these things coming up? And not only is it coming up in in cultural context, but it triggers personal things within us that are just a fractal of what's going on on the outside as well. So it's it's this loop um, that's crazy, but it's also that loop that brings awareness to us as to where we're off and where we've separated because once we gain awareness that we've separated, it gives us an opportunity to kind of shake ourselves awake and go, oh, hold on a second. There is something different possible. Um, now that at least I've been jolted enough to realize that I've been – looping myself in this suffering um, that I've been causing myself. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, I, I I agree. I mean, I think we have to look at this as an opportunity. I think, we, I think everything is an opportunity, and that's what I'm told mm-hmm. again and again, because if it's not perceived that way, we become victims. And the guides say you can't be a victim and a master at the same time. It's just not possible. So the convenience that I might enjoy of complaining or whatever doesn't really hold at a certain level unless I'm I'm called forward in, in, in a positive way. So I do think that it's an opportunity and and hopeful I would say as well. Um, and challenging as all get out I have to say because it's not convenient. I mean I think. You know, one of the the criticisms of, of the New Age has been the idea that it's all kind of 
just going to be easy because we claim it is so. And I think things can be much less challenging than I make them for myself. And consequently, I can afford to bring that level of grace to my experience in the world. But I don't know that growth doesn't happen without sort of having to sort of move through some discomfort and our attachment to the known or what we think should be or who we think we are is a great attachment. I mean, the guides have said, and one of the claims they work with, and the claims they work with are actually energetic and they sort of work with us when we speak them, but they say, you know, I know who I am in truth. I know what I am in truth. I know how I serve in truth. And they say this is claimed by the true self or the divine self who always knows who he or she is. It's not something you have to conjure or make up. At a certain level, the divine self knows who she is, what she is, and what means in form and in manifestation. And that means here and now in the bodies we walk around in and in the lives that we live. And they've said that until we can sort of realize that, that what we are in form is an expression of the divine. We're not just a spirit sort of stuck in a body, which is how I like to walk around some days and sort of forget <laughs> that I've got a body that I lug around, you know, which is how I've dealt with it. But if until we realize and realize the guide say means no, that this is who and what we are, we really can transform the physical realm at the level that we're capable of through consciousness. You know, I mean, the guides say that how we see anything informs that thing and actually can transform those things alchemically. But to the level that we're denying our own divinity, and that seems to be in direct proportion to how we deny the divinity of everybody and everything else, which is the whole teaching around forgiveness. It's not that we're letting people off the hook. It's that we're liberating ourselves by not condemning them because, again, what we damn, we align to when we move into an energetic accord within the lower field or the lower vibration. So the opportunity that here I think is it's vast, but I don't think it's terribly convenient. You know what I mean? It's not oh, yeah. like the day in the park. And I think the idea that claiming heaven on earth, and I think that it is something that's claimed, but I think one has to understand that it actually exists and it's here. It's not some other place in some other time. It's a level of consciousness that can be claimed and known. But it's through the knowing of it individually and collectively that we make it possible to be made manifest. We have to stop thinking of this stuff as theoretical. And someday when, when I get all my problems together and I can sort of ascend, whatever that means, and I think it means ascend in vibration and consciousness, this can happen. I think it happens when we realize or know who we are and, and, in a vastly more powerful way than we've been supported in agreeing to. Because once you know this is true for yourself, you can know that it's true for everybody and everything. And consequently, your field itself is supporting the transformation or the lifting of everything you see by nature of your being. Just by nature of your being, not by what you fix. 
And that's not to say that we won't be called to act, because I feel that as we align in a higher way, we're all called forward in the ways that are most appropriate and perfect for us. But I think, again, how we serve is how we're most fully expressed as who and what we are. That doesn't mean that you're doing something that might, quote-unquote, resemble service in a cultural way. It can mean anything. It can be how you, how you treat the person next to you on the bus or, or, or what you no longer take for granted. But there'll be an action aligned to it because once you be, once you're in that level of alignment, I understand that you're, 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 you're compelled to act in the way that's truthful. Hmm. There's no, there's no other energy but. Um, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful, Paul. And the, actually, I've been getting messages big time this last week, and it's been so strong. And it's, and it's not just because of the political arena, but against what's happened collectively, that it's really time that we step into the leadership the, that we carry within us innately, um, and that. And that an organic form of leadership will take place. But what you've just described and stepping into who we really are brought that into a new context for me because we're really, you're really asking us, the guys are really asking us to step into our divinity. I mean, truly, not just as a word or a concept, but to actually embody it. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Wow. That's it. And you can feel it when you align to it. I mean, one of the things about the way the guides I work with seem to operate, and they've done this from the beginning before there was ever a book that was dictated through me, but they come with an energy that's often very palpable. So the attunements that they work with in all of the texts are usually felt by the readers or people, you know, claim to have these experiences while reading them or in the groups or in the live streams. It's all the same thing. But as you begin to align to this on a vibrational level, you express yourself in accordance with that. So I think the important thing here is that it stops being theoretical and it starts being your experience, you know, or your own mysticism expressed as you. And I don't think that that means it's airy-fairy in the least. I think it's not airy-fairy. It's actually about being here and now in the form we've taken in, a, in, in, in an alignment with a higher mind, you know, and in the higher mind, certain kinds of division, I don't think they exist. I think we claim these things, this, this dualism at the level that we are all participating in with the collective agreement to what a reality is. I mean, you know, the guides say all is holy, all, everything. You can't exclude anything from the divine because the moment you do, you begin to go back into a kind of separation. So what a challenge right now to realize the divine and the things that I say I don't agree with. And I don't have to, I think, frankly, in order to agree that the divine is in everything and that we're all in vibration. We're all perhaps operating at different levels of consciousness or expression. But, you know, the, 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 the desire to exclude anybody or anything from this is only going to reinforce what we say we don't want, which is separation. I mean, the guides have said that, you know, our separation from our belief, because they say it's a belief, it's just not true, our separation from source 
has manifested in our belief that we're separate from the ones beside us, and we're not. You know, um, it's just it's just not so. Wow. Do you want to bring them in, Paul, to see what they have to say today? And then we'll take some Q&A. We'll see what we get, you know. I'm pacing in my <laughs> office now with the phone, so I'm getting myself riled up, and they're probably slightly amused. I have no idea. We like to do things. I should say that when I hear, I whisper the words as they come, and then I repeat them. So if people haven't heard me channel before, you're going to hear things twice. It's a little, it's a little awkward, and I just want to say, so what? It's just the way it comes. They're saying we have a few things to say about what you are, about what you are, each and every one of you, each and every one of what your purview is, and what your purview is. Your purview, we say, your purview, we say, what you see, what you see is all that you see is all that you see, and everything you witness, and everything you witness, you are claiming, you are claiming by language, by language or identity or identity. This is good. This is good. This is low. This is low. This is fearful. This is fearful. This is unjust. This is unjust. You impress that. And you impress that on the very thing you see, on the very thing that you see, and you claim that thing, and you claim that thing in mutual accord, in mutual accord with your field, with your field, the opportunity here. The opportunity here, if you wish it, if you wish to redesign yourself, is to redesign, yes, yourselves to what you are, to what you are, to claim yourself as the one who sees, to claim yourself as the one who sees the truth, the truth in the face of ignorance, in the face of ignorance, in the face of lies, in the face of lies or self-deceit or self-deceit, the claim of truth, the claim of truth. I am aligned to truth. I am aligned to truth. I am claiming truth. I am claiming truth in all I bear witness to, in all I bear witness to, supports the manifestation, supports the manifestation and the truth, and the truth of anything, of anything in a higher vibration, in a higher vibration to be revealed, to be revealed. Now, please understand. Now, please understand, that you do this without agenda. You are making things you wish them. You are not making things the way you wish them to support your own identity, to support your own identity and what you think things should be and what you think things should be. You are claiming truth. You are claiming truth and truth knows itself and truth knows itself as what it is, as what it is. So your claim, so your claim, I am in truth, I am in truth, aligns you to that field, aligns you to that field and supports you and supports you in claiming it for everything you see and supports you in claiming it for everything you see when you do this when you do this, you identify, you identify as the divine, as the divine who has the power, who has the power to perceive, to perceive itself, itself in anything it witnesses, in anything it witnesses. The divine sees the divine. The divine sees the divine in all she witnesses, in all she witnesses. And what you do then, and what you do then is you lift the very thing you see, is you lift the very thing you see to its true nature, to its true nature, underline true, underline true, it is the essential truth we speak to, it is the essential truth we speak to, not the idea of truth, not the idea of truth as you would ascribe to it, as you would ascribe to an essential truth, an essential truth means that it is always true, means that it is always true, the fragmentation of humanity. 
the fragmentation yes, of humanity, as you understand it, as you understand it, is being reassembled, is being reassembled through this time, through this time in unity, in unity. But you must realize, but you must realize that you have chosen fragmentation, that you have chosen fragmentation, idealize it, and idealize a tribalism, if you wish. Tribalism, if you wish, or identities born in ego, or identities born in ego, or separation or separation because you claim this because you've claimed this and enjoyed it and enjoyed it you relish it you relish it and you seek to protect it and you seek to protect it but finally 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 but finally 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 you are one you are one with your source with your source and your unique expression and your unique expression contributes to the manifestation contributes to the manifestation of love of love of the truth of the truth of the benevolence of the benevolence that is your birthright that is your birthright so when you say so when you say I know who I am in truth I know who I am in truth you are claiming what is always true you are claiming what is always true when you say to another when you say to another I know who you are in truth I know who you are in truth you bypass for example you bypass the personality self that is in deceit that is in deceit to its true nature to its true nature and you reclaim the other and you reclaim the other as the divine being that he or she is as the divine being that he or she is these are not pronouncements made in fear these are not pronouncements made in fear but in truth but in truth and as you claim it and as you claim it you bring the essence you bring the essence the field of truth the field of truth to the one you've claimed it in to the one you have claimed it in for their benefit for their benefit for their revelation for their revelation from their awakening and for their awakening in their own way in their own way to what they truly are to what they truly are period and they're saying period mm. So I hope that made sense. It made a lot of sense. Wow. Wow. So as we yeah. as we step into this truth, Paul, mm-hmm. um, it's it's like it as humans as we mm-hmm. step into this truth, we're really being asked to t- step into presence, and so the projections not only of the past get yeah. dissolved because those foundations yeah. aren't there anymore, but our construct for building bridges into the future really get dissolved also. And that can be a pretty scary concept of we don't know how to build our future because we're so used to trying to project what's coming up next. Well, you know, the guides sort of say that we're always dining on yesterday's meal because we expect it to keep (laughs) coming. So we're always claiming our history into the present moment because we've over-identified with it. And we can sort of, I can say this in terms of my own personal narratives that don't serve me. You know, I complain about still being single. I complain about this. And when each time I do that, I'm actually reinforcing a historical narrative that I, I am giving power to you know, and making new each day, even though it's only really as true as I claim it. So I think that the cultural narratives, yes, are, 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 are being challenged because we're, we're taught to replicate history even when our history doesn't serve us. But I do think that we don't deny that things happen. We just stop over identifying with them. 
So that's sort of one thing in terms of what we do with this or how we go forward without a reliance on the data of history. I'm going to ask them what you do. They're saying what you do is know who you are, is know who you are in a higher way. In a higher way, you know what to do. You know what to do as long as you're not appropriating history, as long as you're not appropriating history to tell you who and what you are, to tell you who and what you are when you announce yourself. When you announce yourself, I am a doctor, I am a doctor, you are telling the world, you are telling the world what your profession is, what your profession is. That can be very helpful. That can be very helpful when someone needs a doctor, when someone needs a doctor, but at the cost of, but at the cost of who and what you truly are, who and what you truly are, the divine self, the divine self who knows medicine, who knows medicine and can heal others, and can heal others, but is equipped to be knowing, but is equipped to be knowing who and what she is, who and what she is in a much higher way, in a much higher way, so we don't negate what you do. So we don't negate what you do. We do tell you. We do tell you to stop claiming it, to stop claiming it as what you are, as what you are, because you do this at the cost, because you do this at the cost of a much truer identity, of a much truer identity, the divine self that you are. The divine self that you are has vast awareness, has vast awareness. She is called forth as required. She is called forth as required. She will utilize the information. She will utilize the information that's required in history. In history, while not presupposing, while not presupposing that it needs to be replicated. Period. 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 They're saying period. 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 Wonderful. So, uh, yeah, that's what I hear. Part of the fragmentation that we keep instilling upon ourselves. That's wonderful. It's, I, I love the messages that come in. It just it, again, the, the truth just resonates loudly. Um, that's so wonderful, Paul. I'd love to get into some Q and A. I can't believe we're forty minutes into sure. the call already. It's crazy. Oh wow! Okay. Um, I know. So it's you know this is a great question that came in. They, this person didn't identify themselves, and I'm going to go to some live Q and A here in a second. Um, I'll ask the question, and I want to get a little bit deeper into it. So this person is asking: Is it so important to shield our field? Or does it just serve to feed fear? So a lot of people work with space clearing and yeah. and opening up space and, and putting shields around themselves so yeah. as a protective layer. Um, what do your guides have to say about that? Well, I know what I have to say about that, and then I'll let them pipe in. Because, I, you know, I work with the prayer protection when I do groups, but I do that to set a common intention. You know, and actually one of the things that it does is support some people who might be a little spooked at the idea of this middle-aged guy sitting in a chair speaking in this weird accent. I mean, my eyes change color when I work. It's the freakiest thing, you know, but it's, I mean, there's wow. phenomena. So, you know, as long as we know we're all in this collective field, more can happen. Now, I don't believe that that affirms fear, and I also believe that when I get to a place of realization, I'm just speaking to myself personally, where I do realize that all is the divine, what would the point of it be? Because that is true. But I've got to say, you know, I'm a believer in safe sex. And simply being protected when one is having sex is, is, is smart. When it's raining outside, I don't mind having an umbrella. You know, I think it's practical. So it's less about defending oneself, I feel, than what I'm sort of allowing myself access to. Now, I work as a channel, and I'm fortunate, I feel, in that the guides that work with through me are, are pretty consistent 
I recognize the voice, but I spend much of my day and my practice tuning into other people and stepping into other people's bodies and really often, often beginning to resemble them. I mean, it's this thing that seems to happen. And I don't really feel like carrying that stuff back with me. You know, I know what it's like to feel somebody else's pain, but I don't have to carry it with me to heal it. So let me see what the guides say. It's actually essential. They're saying it's actually essential at a certain level, at a certain level of evolution, of evolution, until you realize who and what you are. Until you realize who and what you are, you're navigating yourself. You are navigating yourself in an unknown world, in an unknown world, in the higher realms themselves. And the higher realms themselves are layered, are layered as you access the lower. And as you access the lower, you may be tempted. You may be tempted to agree with it, to agree with it, which is not to your benefit, which is not to your benefit as you rise in frequency. As you rise in frequency and you attend to the higher realm and you attend to the higher realm, there is no fear. There is no fear of contagion. I'm using the word contagion or attachment or attachment because where you are aligning to, because where you are aligning to is clean. Is other word clean, clean or clear, clear, clear of this frequency, of this frequency. Now we do not condemn the lower. Now we do not condemn the lower, but we simply say, but when we simply say as you are accessing your true self, as you are accessing your true self, I'm moving beyond the physical realm, and moving beyond the physical realm in your expressions, in your expressions you will bump up against some stuff. You will bump up against some stuff you're to invite home for dinner that you don't need to invite home for dinner, period, period, period. Period, period, period. So that's wonderful. what I hear. I love that. Yeah, that's wonderful. And thank you for that clarification on that. Because it, it does, it brings perspective into it and uh, it really honors us as we step into into really unknowns um, as we explore territory and all that. So that's wonderful. Um, all right. I'm guided to go to a live caller now. Um, caller I want to take is from, oh, I never know how to pronounce this. Is it Sagus or Sagus, Massachusetts? Telephone number ending in 0818. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the call. Hi. Thanks so much, you guys. You guys are just amazing. I just can't thank you enough. Paul's wonderful. Um, what's your name and what's your question? Um, my name is Kara, and I actually just kind of had a question <laughs> that I that it went away. Um, I will say this is that I've been just recently working with the books, and I was just wondering more, like, I guess about the claiming. If mm-hmm. will oh. you just? know what to claim as <laughs> as your day goes on, say? Well, the guides work with these things they call claims of truth. I mean, they don't call them affirmation. They call them claims of truth. And they say when something is true, it is always true. So there are a number of attunements in the texts, um, and these work with the reader energetically, and they'll work with you whenever you say them. And they're not like magic words. It's just simply like what they support. The guides say we're all radios. We're always in broadcast. And these claims of truth are there to attune us to a higher station that we can then play. But until we get comfortable being there and playing that station all the time, we can work with the language, which is the claim of truth that they offer. So one of them that I said on this show already was, you know, I know who I am. I know what I am. I know how I serve. And they say when you work with that, which is always true, the true self knows who she is, 
the divine self, what she is in form and manifestation, how she serves as her expression. But when you work with this, the guides say it calls your energy into present time, which is the only time that you can know anything. When you claim the same thing and you say, I know who I am in truth, you're actually invoking the field of truth, which comes with a whole other vibration. I mean, it's pretty trippy, but when I work with it and when people work with it in my groups, it's almost like we step into this sort of funnel of vibration. It's very, very specific. And the guides say, in truth, a lie cannot be held. And we tell ourselves a lot of lies, like we're not, we're unworthy, we're not of God, we can't know this. We're limited, you know, all that stuff. And when we begin to work with that in that field, we begin to actually challenge those belief systems because, as the guides say, in truth, in that level of vibrational truth, a lie does not exist. It doesn't even exist there. So the claims of truth can be useful, but they're more than just things we say to ourselves. They're attunements to vibration or to, to frequency, if that, if that helps you understand it all. Yeah, definitely. I think um, if I'm going through like um, a custody case with someone who has historically been like kind of violent and abusive, and I took your advice to kind of um, start expecting differently of them, you know, Mm -hmm. not coming into it with a, Mm -hmm. okay, they're going to be this way, they can't change. Mm -hmm. And then all this um, like anger, just feel like it's just coming up like a lot for me that's okay i mean one of the things the guides say about relationships and conflict is we have to forgive other people for not being who we wanted them to be and i find that when i do that i can forgive somebody for not being who i want them to be today but the moment i do that my expectations are released and most of my responses are 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 in response to what my expectation should be these people should behave rationally this one should tell the truth this one should treat me in a better way but if i release that expectation from them it doesn't mean that i'm condoning what they do in any way shape or form i'm letting them off the hook for not being who i want them to be which gets me off the hook as well then i can decide how i want to attend to them or if so perhaps that will help you Wonderful. Come back and listen to the replay. This is this is fantastic, Paul. Thank you so much, and thank you for calling in. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, Paul, I have a question that came in from the Q and A. It's very general, but I think a lot of people have um, different tones of this. And this comes from Amy in San Jose. Thank you for writing this, Amy. But um, her comment is, "I can't seem to move forward in life." Yeah. What do you say for people who feel like they're in that inertia, that they're stuck and, and don't know how to go one way or the other, supposedly? Well, God knows I have some stuff in my life that I'd like to move to, so I'm curious about what the answer <laughs> is. When you claim yourself as stuck, you stay stuck. When you claim yourself as stuck, you stay stuck, and then you invest in being stuck, and then you invest in being stuck because you get a credence, because you've given a credence. Now, we're not going to lie to ourselves. Now, we are not telling you to lie to yourselves. Far from it, far from it, but to realize what you're claiming, but to realize that what you are claiming, or your inertia, if you wish, or your inertia, if you wish, is what you are, is what you are. I am 
stuck. I am stuck, supports the thing you say you don't want, supports the thing you say you don't want. Now, if you want transformation, now, if you want transformation, you must align to the potential to it. You must align to the potential to it. Nothing can be so. Nothing can be so until it's reclaimed as possible, until it is first claimed as possible. So start this. So start this way. I am possibly changing. I am possibly changing. I may change. I may change. I may know myself in a new way. I may know myself in a new way. All of these things move you forward. All of these things move you forward to what you may know next, to what you may know next, which is the truth, which is the truth. I have the right to know myself in a new way. I have the right to know myself in a new way. Once that is understood, once that is understood and realized and realized, which means known, which means known the changes are made known to you. The changes are made known to you in your field first, in your field first, and then your expression, and then in your expression, period, period. So that's what they're saying. Beautiful. Amy, thank you for writing that in. I think that was really relevant for a lot of us in a lot of different ways. Um, Wonderful. All right, let's get to another caller here. Um, Guys, take a caller from Vancouver, B.C., cell phone number ending in 0705. Hi there. Hi, welcome to the call. What is your name? My name is Zara. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thanks for calling in, Zara. What's your question for Paul and the guides? So my question is similar to what was um, what Paul was saying at the beginning. I have been following your work recently, Paul, and it's so beautiful. And I am really enjoying the audiobooks and the teleseminars. So I'm trying to practice the claim. Mm-hmm. And I find that I can practice it, and then I'm having trouble holding yeah. that place. Because, you know, my mom with kids, and I'm busy working, and and the change that is coming is so inconvenient that I'm finding mm-hmm. that I don't really want to be, in you know, kind of holding that place. Like, I want yeah. to kind of complain. So just want yeah, to I do it all day long. I complain all day long, and I suffer <laughs> for it, I have to say. I really do, you know, and that's my choice. And, you know, and I know better, which is the funny thing. So they're pointing to you, so I'm going to go to you, and I'm going to see if I can tune into you. I don't want to have to change. I go to you, when I tune into you, you're saying, I don't want to change because I don't want to disappoint people. And that seems to be a big part of this, because you're looking to everybody else in your life to affirm who you've been. Do you understand this? So the the shifting that you're undergoing is claiming who you are is actually claiming who you are, regardless of anybody else's approval. Once you understand, they're saying once you understand that the the, the acclimation, they're saying the acclimation to the vibration to the vibration to sort out physical will begin to sort out the physical. You have less responsibility. You have less responsibility to placate everybody else. To placate everybody else because you're operating in a higher way. Because you're operating in a higher way. Once you understand. Once you understand that the choice to be that the choice to be operating in a higher way, operating in a higher way can support you in this. Can support you in this. There's much less effort involved. There is much less effort involved. What you are doing right now. What you are doing right now is pushing up against the dial on the radio is pushing up against the dial on the radio, frantically trying to hold the stage and use a different model. Use a different model. 
They're telling me to say you this. So they were showing me a radio dial first, and they were showing me like a car radio, the old ones where you just punch something, you know, and then bang, the station is playing. And it stays there, decide that you can do this. They're saying decide that you can do this without as much effort, without as much effort, and call your experience to you, and then call your experience to you. You'll be pleased with the result. They're saying you will be pleased with the result. Okay, that's what I get. And I really Wonderful. thank you for that. And if I can just ask a quick follow-up to that. I um, I didn't quite link that my difficulty is because I'm looking to, you know, um, or I don't want to disappoint others. So I'm so thankful that that's in my awareness. So So how do I shift away from that? Like how would I kind of just, you know, that what, I, what I hear is realize that I heard it and I lost it. Realize somebody needs to be realize that nobody needs you to be who you think you are, and they're circling the word think. So it's really just about using your world as as a mirror for what you've been. And you know, when I do workshops, the guides often do. People have these sort of really sort of high experiences of energy, and then they say, "And you're all going to go home now, and the dishes from yesterday are going to be in the sink." You know what I mean? And, you know, the painting that you bought that you don't like is still sitting in the hallway waiting to be put up. You know, and you're reminded of your choices and how you've been at the cost at times of who we are. And so the claim of who we are then gets to inform what we see before us. And, you know, the opportunity or the temptation is always to sort of go back and to lower the vibration because it's how we've known ourselves, and, and our relationships are one of those places of challenge. Let me see if they want to say anything. We would like to say one thing. We would like to say one thing, bless the ones before you. Bless the ones before you for being who and what they are, for being who and what they are. That changes the dynamic between you. That changes the dynamic between the two of you instantaneously, instantaneously, and you lift yourself and them with it, and you lift yourself and them with it, period, period, period. They're saying period, period, period. Thank you oh, so much. Zara, thank you so much for your call. That was so perfect. Thank you for taking me. Thank you. Absolutely. Wow. And I think what happens a lot in self-development and in the transformational community is that we want to make those aspects of us that we're carrying, you know, quote-unquote, those lower vibrational energies wrong. Yeah. We have a judgment on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it creates this push-pull dynamic that it, I don't think really serves. It doesn't bring the compassion and the divinity of who we are in Mm -hmm. all aspects of it. I agree with you. I mean, the moment I say that I'm supposed to be someplace that I'm not, I'm negating where I am, which is the only place that I can, I can, I can operate from. So, um, and you know, judgment is fears. The guides say again and again, you know, what you judge, you fear. So when I'm judging myself, and you know, they've said this before. They say, you know, all fear finally is fear of the self which I'm now today, I'm having a hard time with that idea, but they say, you know, once you sort of, once there's nothing within the self to be afraid of, there's nothing to be afraid of in the external world because you're not in collusion or in vibrational accord with it. That doesn't mean that things aren't there, but how we respond to them is is very, very different. Well, we're afraid of the unknown most of the time, and if we know those parts of us intimately, there's nothing to be afraid of. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, correct. And I think we're afraid of the unknown because we don't know how to control it. You know, we 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 lose our sense of safety. So, yeah. 
Wonderful. Well, I want to take some more live calls, Paul, but before we sure. do that, I really want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to access the special offer you put together for the show because there's some great workshops that you've included here that's the first time you've released them. Um, and this call has been so fantastic. So the opportunity to go deeper with Paul, guys, it's uh, what a gift. And again, I'm so grateful that, Paul, you're on the show and that you're offering a way for our audience to go deeper with you. Um, I'm just so grateful for that. So everyone on the call, I invite you to click on the special offer button that's on the webcast page. Or you can get to this offer that Paul's going to review with us here in just a second. Also by typing into your web browser, beyondtheordinaryshow.com forward slash Paul and the number 12. So Paul 12. And it'll take you to um, the same information page that we're about to review here. So Paul, you bought forward this package called The Purpose of Being. And um, if you can review it, for us and let us know what's included and um, what the audience will be receiving. That'd be fantastic. Well, I don't know what's included because I don't put the packages together. I, I'm, I'm mostly there as the channel for them. So the, you know, that is the, that's the upcoming live stream series. Um, and I don't know what the guys are going to talk about other than the title until they do. But their teaching has been an ongoing one for a number of years, and they're always bringing their students forward. And they, they say that they operate a one-room schoolhouse, so you can join at any time, and they'll catch you up to what the teachings are. So all I know is this is the series that's beginning, and I believe we're offering the series itself, and I believe probably the live streams, is, I mean, the, the transcripts as well as right. part of this. Um, but what each one will be is yet to be known by me. Wow. Well, I love that. And I didn't realize these were the live um, four-part series. So this is pre-recorded ones. Um, I'm looking at this. Mm. They're 75-minute sessions starting on yep. February 8th. Um, mm -hmm. And going from there. So this is fantastic. So yeah. God, just the price of this is awesome. Um, and then on top of that, we've also included um, videos and transcripts and audios from the Austin workshop, the True Freedom workshop. Yeah. That was a trip. Austin was Austin was a was a very large workshop, and they really did begin addressing, and they have been planetary issues and collective change. Um, I mean, you know, when I'm channeling, I'm retaining a third of the information that's coming through. And usually half an hour afterward, it's pretty much out of my head. I mean, there are certain things that they teach consistently that I'm familiar with. But in Austin, I recall that the lectures were so amazing that I kept saying to, to my assistant, I said, do, 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 do we get this? Do we record it? Because this needs to be shared. Um, so it was exciting work, and the energy was very high. And I should say that, you know, if you're new to my work, the energy is usually very palpable in the recordings and in the live streams, so you can have an experience of it if you can't, you know, make it to a workshop in person. That's fantastic. And then on top of that, you've also included the Toronto Channel Lecture. Yep. Yeah, Toronto was again recent, and um, I mean, this is all the most recent information from the guides about where we are and how we can begin to align. They're teaching freedom. You know, the new book that's coming out is the Book of Truth, and they teach that truth still, but they're moving into freedom. And Toronto, I believe, was a workshop very much focused on where they're taking us next. So it's 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 very new material. 
it's and it's I can tell how sticky it is too because I I watch your social media posts. I see some of the pictures that you put up from the classes, and it's like <laughs> your audience is just growing exponentially whenever I see the group pictures. It's so wonderful to see um, how people are are being drawn to your work. So it's yeah. That, Again, the fact that we get to experience these channel lectures that you did live, um, and actually through this offering, this is the only way to access yeah. this lecture for Austin and Toronto also. So, guys, it's yeah. exclusive for BTO. Um, and then you're also offering, Paul, on top of that, um, the 575-minute um, Manifestation in Divinity course. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that is. It sounds like a course the guides taught recently, but that's what they do, and that's what the live streams are. So it's, again, the ongoing teaching. This is how it works. And people say, why doesn't he know what he's offering? Every time I'm about to do a series, the guides announce the title, and that's what goes up there, and that's how they teach. You know, they're teaching on their subject, but they're also teaching beyond the subject. So that one, I mean, they are teaching manifestation, and they teach it, I think, somewhat differently than people understand um, teachings of law of attraction. I mean, they have their own ways of working and their, their mudra of creation, which is a system of claiming. But beyond that, they're really speaking to the idea that what the divine self claims is very different than what the small self might claim. So I may want a condo, you know, and think that that's where my energy needs to go to, but my true self actually knows that I need something far different and perhaps far more imperative to my growth than what the ego would say that I should have. And I think we're moving collectively beyond that somewhat limited way of deciding that the universe is just sort of a, a shopping mall to realizing that who and what we are will claim a very different world into being. You know, and this goes back. I mean, I'm not a religious guy, and I was raised pretty much an atheist, but it's really the idea of, I want to almost say, you know, if you seek ye first the kingdom, you know, and everything else will be added. So where we claim our identity begins to claim our world, and our world then comes back to us with what we require. So that's what that series would be about. Oh, beautiful. This is, it's, I just love the work that you're doing and how you're bringing it in, and, and it's, it just resonates. It's like it fills my heart. So, again, to, to be able to go deeper into this conversation that we're having today and, and go into the purpose of being, go into true freedom, the channel lecture from Toronto and manifestation divinity from um, that place of truth um, and the promise of freedom that it engenders also, uh, it's wonderful. Guys, this offer that Paul and his team put together for us, it normally retails they're put together over $310, and it's $147 on BTO, guys. Um, it's it's really a generous offer, and, I'm I, again, I couldn't be happier that's being presented here through us. Um, with that $147, there's also the option to do it in installment payments of two installments. If that works better for you, and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee also. Um, so, again, what we try to do here at BTO is strive to eliminate barriers for you guys to access it, um, the information that I think is going to make a difference in in your lives and our lives collectively um, so that we can keep moving forward um, and keep opening up again to that divinity that we are. And, and what a beautiful opportunity to do the Opal's package. So take advantage of it. And again, all you have to do is click on the special offer button on the webcast page. 
added to the shopping cart, um, and you'll start receiving the downloads for the recorded sessions, and then you'll be given the schedule for the for the live sessions that starts with the purpose of being that it'll be a surprise as to what shows up, but God knows we know it's going to be relevant. So phenomenal. Uh, Paul, with that, I would love to um, take a few more live calls if you're up for it. Sure. Happy to. Okay. Excellent. So let's go to, okay, we go to San Diego, California now. Telephone number ending in 7409. Hello. Hi, welcome to the call. Hi, thank you. Um, yeah, what is your name? Uh, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. What's your question for Hi. Paul? Um, you know, I had a, a bazillion, and now I think I'm actually going to just go a little bit um, more general. But um, So I guess I would just ask for any possible message you might have that would pr- give me some kind of clarity or positive inspiration. And, and I made the intention already that if I got picked, it would be something that would help many that hear this so well i actually hear you have it you have the right to decide that it's okay to be who you are and pretending to be others so that's really the basic message for you decide that it's safe to be or decide that it is safe to be who you are and get out of the way and then get out of the way and forget the parade and they're saying and forget the parade stop thinking you're in a parade stop thinking that you're in a parade where you are being witnessed inside of it and where you are being witnessed and decided upon and claim your independence and claim your independence from what you think you are from what you think you are you will find you're quite wonderful you will find you are quite wonderful and beautiful and beautiful without the admonition without other words the admonition of the world of the world telling you what you should be telling you what you should be period 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 and they're saying period so i don't know if that resonates with you but that's what came yeah. through and i that was from them and i wasn't trying to read you they just piped right in so oh okay. yeah thank you very much yeah <laughs> that was lovely thank oh, you oh wonderful yeah. thank you for your call and again we'll have the replay up a little bit later this evening so come back and listen oh um, i definitely will yeah I'll... Um, let that seep into your heart even further as you listen again. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Now, Paul, I have a question that came in from the Q&A, and it's resonating for me because I'm hearing a lot of people sure. um, talking about this, and I'm having an experience with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Joy from L.A. Joy, I'm going to paraphrase, but there's like these changes in relationships that are occurring on a consistent yeah. basis. Um, it's that friendships are changing, business partnerships, but you know, our mm-hmm. intimate relationships, they're, um, yep. they're all shifting. What's going on? Well, I mean, let me see if I can get anything. I know how, what I want to say, you know, and I've actually had some of that happen in my life in a very large way recently, and it was all very liberating. But essentially what had to change was what was no longer in alignment to truth. You know, and when I look at the relationships in my life now, they seem to be pretty well in alignment with that. Let me just see if the guys want to say anything what's actually happening. What's actually happening is remembering is a remembering of who you are, which comes at a cost, which comes at a cost of what you thought you should be, of what you thought you should be in your relationships you claimed, in your relationships that you claimed in a smaller identity, in a smaller identity or in the same way they were, are no longer serving you in the same way as they were. So some are being released. So some are being released from some are being upgraded, either using the word like upgraded, renowned, renowned in a higher way, in a higher 
entire way, and some are decided upon anew, and some are being decided upon anew. I know who I am. I know who I am in a new way, in a new way, so I can see you this way as well. So I can see you this way as well. It's all productive. It's all productive, but again, not convenient, but again, not convenient to the small self, to the small self that likes to know herself through history, that likes to know herself through history or who she has been or who she has been because it's what was understood, because it was what's what was understood and agreed upon by others and agreed upon by others, period. And they're saying period. Okay. That's wonderful. What's really helping me, Paul, also is the mm-hmm. is the not thinking that one person has to be wrong and one person has to be right when that's happening. So you really see it as 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 a parting ways because of that just change yeah. in the vibration, change in interest, change just a different direction. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yep. You know, the guides say that self-righteousness is always the small self. It's always the ego, no matter what we think. You know, and the whole paradigm of 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 something being right at the cost of something else being wrong, I think, has to to sort of be relooked at because again, we're, we we just end up perpetuating division this way. Allowance, allowance and responsibility to us. And Responsibility. I'm hearing this responsibility to allowance. I allow you to be who you are. I allow you to be who you are, even though I don't like it. Even though I don't like it, will support you more. Will support you more than making somebody else wrong. Than making somebody else wrong because it gives you the opportunity to be right. Because it gives you the opportunity to be right. Period. And they're saying period. Oh, I love that. Oh, guys, you feel that? How liberating is that? Wow. Um, so wonderful. All right, let's go to another caller here. I love, we're just, you guys are just succinct, on point, and we're just flowing through this. This is so great. So let's go to Salt Lake City, Utah now. Telephone number ending in 6280. Hello? Hi, welcome to the call. Hi. So what is your question? Well, first um, of all, what's your name, and then what's your question? For my, name, my name is Noel, and... Um, I had a question about uh, him channeling a message from my higher self. Well, when I work, this is this is what I say about this. You know, when I hear, I I can tune into different aspects of you. So I usually mm-hmm. I can tune into the part of you that was traumatized when you were eight and hear that part of you. And this is what I do in my practice. Or I can tune into the part of you that says, I hate my marriage, and this is why. I can also tune into the part of you that says, you know, this is what I can do to fix this or to support myself in this. So much of the energy that I get is from you. The higher self or the true self will come through if it wants to. What I hear from her for you is that you need to know that you don't have to fight for everything and that that's frightening for you. There's a sense of having to fight for everything or you can't hold it, you can't keep it, has to let go of it. And I hear that that has to be let go of. It doesn't support your growth. It actually doesn't support you in your growth. It creates entanglements. And I actually hear it creates entanglements and they're pointing to people before you that, that don't really need to be there. And you believe that this is so because it was so. And you go to childhood with this and you had to sort of grab or take what you need. It wasn't always guaranteed. Trust yourself to know what you need. I'm actually hearing trust yourself to know what you need and understand it. And understand that it can be had without a fight. Without a fight, you'll guarantee yourself more success than you've been getting. I hear, and I don't know if this is so, but I hear you'll guarantee yourself more success 
than you've been getting, period, period, period. They're saying period, 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 which is which is their sign-off, okay? Good, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I just wanted to say I appreciate all of your your work and your channelings. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. thanks for your call, Noel. Thank you. Oh, man, you guys are awesome callers and questions today. This is so great. So I've got a couple more questions. That I, these questions are just great. Um, so this question's awesome. From Jan in New York, she writes and asks, if you personally feel pressure to be perfect or more spiritual because of the high level of wisdom and the messages that you receive, and how do you deal with that? That's a very good question, and I gave up on that some time ago, do you know? Um, I am. I don't call myself a spiritual teacher, and I have no desire to be a guru. Um, I'm, in a lot of ways, the guy that sits in the chair, and I take dictation, and I do my best with the teachings, but I'm not a perfect student of them, and I'm often confounded by them truthfully in my life um and i complain about what hasn't happened yet like you know why don't i have a partner and why haven't i lost the weight and the things that i say i should be so when i was younger when i first started opening up as a channel and i was starting to do groups and this was 20 years ago or more actually more now um you know and people were showing up I actually thought that I wasn't allowed to have problems or desires or whatever. And I quickly found out the hard way that that's no way to be living and operating. And I actually feel, you know, I was told when I was about 33 by another medium that I said, when is my work going to happen? And I heard, oh, like in your late 40s, early 50s. And I went, oh, my God, that's so long. And I you know, and, and I didn't expect to be channeling. It's the last thing I expected to be doing. But in retrospect, I don't think I could have handled it when I was younger because I don't claim to be other than Paul who shows up for the work in the best way that he can. And for whatever reasons that I don't quite understand, I know what they've said, I seem to have this ability that I think gives everybody else the opportunity to, to have it as well, because I don't think I'm that special. Um, and I think that's a tremendous trap for anybody who does this work, because the moment that starts getting invested in, then there's something enormous to protect. My job is to show up, sit down, close my eyes, and ask spirit or the guides to put the words in my mouth, and that's and then let it rip. And that's what I do. And for me, it's a very physical experience of, of of energy that I enjoy. But I don't pretend to be what I'm not. It's it's too hard, frankly. And um, you know, I, I you know, I'm just this guy that shows up. That's the the best way I can say it. I do. I wish I were farther along. Some days, yes, I do. You know, when I was 25 and I had my first sort of spiritual awakening, and I imagined myself at the age I am now doing Tai Chi on the roof of the building I lived in then, wearing all white with long gray hair down my back and a big whopping crystal around my neck. Now, I don't wear crystals. I never have. I'm bald. I never learned Tai Chi. And I haven't lived in that building for 30 years you know? So who I am is very different than who I thought I was supposed to be. 
on a, as, a, as, as one on a spiritual path. And that was a long answer, so thanks for indulging me. No, it's fantastic. And, and, again, the humility goes a long way also, which actually takes me, again, the invitation is to really not only embrace but own the divinity within us. And, and how do we... How do we merge that with the innocence and the frailties of being human? Well, I think the innocence is key. And when I look back to where I was when I was 25, when I had my first sort of experience of of spirit, first of all, I was in a place of having been humbled by my life. But I was also in a place of innocence, believing that it was possible. I had gone from being an atheist to believing that maybe there was this thing you could call God or the universe or whatever. And I went, well, you know, if God wants you to wake up, I mean, if you want to wake up, why would would this thing say no? Why would it say no? And it was a very innocent way. I had no baggage at that time. I have more baggage now, and I've been given more experience of energy than, than many people have. So how do we navigate our humanity and claim our divinity? By by claiming it. We have the right to it. It is our birthright. That's the guide say. It's, it's your own inheritance. We, we're, we've been saying no to our own inheritance. What would be given to us if we open up and we say yes? Yes, it's possible. Yes, I may. Like the guide sometimes say, yes, I may know. Yes, yes, I may know, I may allow, I may claim, you know, and and we have the right to it. And that's the hard part, you know, we're taught that we don't. We're taught that, I was taught that this was for crazy people, you know, or, you know, other people. I didn't know that I could have a spiritual life. It wasn't on the menu of how I grew up. It never occurred to me. But I do think we get to ask or we get to claim, you know, the guides and the books have a lot of ways that they support people in this. And I understand from the response to the books that this seems to work. And I'm grateful that it does because I wouldn't want to have uh, my name attached to something that was not helping people. But I asked the guides about this and they just say, allow, 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 say yes, say yes, I may say yes, I may, I may know, I may know, and I may claim, and I may claim that I have a right to my birthright, that I have a right to my birthright as a spiritual being, as a spiritual being. Hmm. Let's see where that takes you. That's what I get. Well, it's beautiful places. Uh, this is so wonderful, Paul. Everyone listening, again, we're going to run the replay. That'll go out shortly in an email. And before we take another question, don't forget about the special offer because the opportunity to go deeper with Paul in live calls and from recorded sessions in Austin um, and in, um, oh, God, what was the other place? In, in Canada, Toronto. Toronto, um, yeah. In Toronto. It's yeah. a fantastic opportunity. And then to work with the Manifestation and Divinity course as well. Um, and again, the resonance of truth is just so, it's so embedded in, in this conversation. It's just, it's, it's like there's no avoiding it. The truth is, that's where the light is. That's where the freedom lies. And when you hear it, it's like this chemical reaction that just says yes, and you open up even further. So it's, it's wonderful how you're doing this, Paul, and, and sharing this work. Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. So everyone listening, it's, God, Paul, I'm guided that we're in a good space right now. So it's everyone that's on the call, it's the special offer. Click on the special offer button. Go deeper with Paul. Go deeper with this information. 
uh, tap into your truth and own it. Um, and the special offer is definitely going to help expand that awareness of it. Uh, so take advantage of that. You can also get to the special offer by going to beyondyourneryshow.com forward slash Paul and the number 12. And like I said earlier, the replay will go out a little bit later in an email. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And Paul, with that, I just thank you so much for what you're doing and just showing up um, in the moment to see, you know, what what manifestation is going to come through and, and lead us further into um, that wisdom. Thank you. I appreciate that. And for everyone listening, you guys are wonderful. Great questions today. Um, the feel that you guys are holding is just, it's, uh, it's amazing. And it's leading to my growth as well. So I want to thank each and every one of you on a, on a personal basis uh, for showing up in the way that you do and, and in your divinity. Uh, and it's with that that I bow to you and namaste. Um, and with that, I wish you a fantastic evening and look forward to our next call. Have a great evening.